Hello, and welcome to the first episode of The Mental Warrior. I'm your host, Luke Wigington, and today we're going to be doing a little bit of introduction, as well as why I want to do this podcast, about a little bit about myself, um, and then we're going to also talk about some of our first concepts for mindset and the dangers of social media. But before we get into all of that, let's have a word from our sponsors. Today's episode is sponsored by Summit Volleyball from Fort Wayne, Indiana. Summit Volleyball is a travel volleyball program, and they do a great job of developing young girls and young women in not only the sport of volleyball, but in sportsmanship and the value of working hard. I know it helped my sister a lot going through high school, and she cherished her time with Summit Volleyball, and I know it's greatly affected so many other young women throughout the Fort Wayne area. So thank you to Summit Volleyball for presenting today's episode. Without further ado, let's get started. Welcome to the Mental Warrior Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Wigington, and today I'm going to be telling you a little bit about myself, a little bit about why I want to do this podcast, and why the importance of mental health is so important to me. Mental health, specifically depression and anxiety, are things that I've struggled with throughout my entire life. They've afflicted me greatly during different periods, and it hasn't always been super consistent, but depression and anxiety both have really set me back at different times for different reasons throughout my life. It's something that has been in my head for the last few months as I've started to get into a better place mentally with with finding healthy ways to deal with depression and anxiety is this thought, and completely hypothetical, and obviously it could never happen, but what would the difference for me have been if I now could go back to an 8th grade version of myself and tell them those words that we all need to hear sometimes, which are, it's all going to be okay. Because at that time in my life, I was living in a new place, I knew no one, and it really seemed like things might not get better. That's how depressed I was. And there were a few other times in the coming years where I felt this way. And we'll get into that story a little bit throughout this series, and and we're going to gloss over some things today so you know a little bit more about me and where I'm coming from. But I think it's important that we go through the story and try and connect it to each other, right? Because throughout this show, what I want to do is bring on other athletes here at Indiana University. I play football, and I know kids on the water polo team, men's baseball, women's field hockey, uh, basketball. I mean, I know a bunch of different kids, and everyone has a different way about approaching combating depression and anxiety while also trying to craft their own unique mindset. And I think bringing in as many different perspectives on such a complex and ever-evolving topic like mental health is only going to benefit all of us because no matter what, at the end of the day, when you listen to this, I want you to know that whatever you're going through, you are not alone. It may seem like it at times, and it may seem completely hopeless, like there's nothing left, but I promise that you are not alone because either you or someone you know has undoubtedly struggled with it. It's something that we all have struggled with at times in our life because it's inescapable. It's all around us, depression and anxiety. And throughout this podcast, let's normalize it, right? Let's let's tell stories. Let's let's talk about our own personal experiences because any stigmas related to mental health need to be a thing of the past if we're going to progress forward as a society and progress together, which is what we need to do. So let's talk about my history a little bit with depression and anxiety. Not too much today, just a little bit. To, to give you an idea of where I'm coming from and what I want this podcast to be. So I can go back as early as fourth grade, and while I didn't know it at the time or didn't even call it anxiety, I had it. Um, first day of school in fourth grade, we had a really scary teacher, 
It was super hot outside. I, I grew up in the Chicagoland area. Went to a school in LaGrange Park in the western suburbs called St. Francis Xavier. And it was the first day of fourth grade. Super hot outside, and our school was not air-conditioned. I remember sitting there, and our teacher goes, Everybody, these are brand-new English textbooks, and they are $100. If you lose them, you will be responsible to pay. And I'm already sweating, because I'm bigger than everybody else, and it's really hot outside. And I remember thinking, I'm going to lose this textbook. I am for sure going to lose this textbook. It's not even not even up for debate. I lose everything. Why would I not lose this textbook? I'm sitting next to my one of my good friends, Anna, who I'm good friends with to this day. And she's like, Luke, you're not going to lose the textbook. Stop freaking out. I'm like, nope, 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 nope. I'm going to lose it. I know I am. And um, anyway, I worked myself up all over this for nothing on the first day of school. We go back to homeroom and... I run out of the classroom, dart to the bathroom, and I was sick because I was so scared that I was going to lose an English textbook. So things like that. And another one from, from growing up, um, I remember when I would get ready for bed at night, I would get out of bed about four or five times a night to look in my backpack and make sure my take-home folder was in there, whether it was my math or English homework, whatever it was. And I would do this four or five times a night. I'd, I'd check, I'd get back in bed, and I'd say, Okay, so I know it was in my backpack, but did I take it out of my backpack and then forget to put it back in? And this would go on in different forms for many years to come. Even in high school, I would check every night to make sure the garage door was locked like six or seven times. Completely irrational and made no sense. But it was something I did because I couldn't even control it. It was just like instinct. But as you work through it and understand what the root of whatever your anxiety or depression is, whether it's traumatic events in your past or... Sometimes it's just a chemical imbalance in your brain that you have no control over no no matter what. So those are some stories about me and depression and anxiety. Um, But yeah, so fast forward to 2015, I'm in eighth grade. My family decides that we're going to move from the western suburbs to the Fort Wayne, Indiana area in northeast Indiana. And this was a complete fresh start for everyone in our family. My parents had never lived there before. And we decided, you know what, we're go get a fresh start. And we did. And growing up in Chicago, I did not have a ton of friends, but I had some friends, and the friends that I had were good ones. Uh, These were kids I played sports with and and just buddies that I had. And, yeah, there were some kids that picked on me while I was growing up, but it wasn't necessarily all bad, but it wasn't perfect either. And really nothing ever is. So we moved to Fort Wayne and immediately picked on. Um, I wasn't really accepted by the people around. And I have plenty of stories about that. I mean, starting over in a new place where... It's a smaller town, and, and people have been together for so long. I mean, by eighth grade, you've been going to the going to school with the same kids for a few years now. So, whatever. Then I have plenty of stories that go along with that, and I'm not going to get into all of those today. But there were definitely some dark days associated with that and, and just trying to figure out where I fit into all of it. All right? And um, some of the worst parts came from social media, which we're going to talk about a little bit later in today's episode, but I'll give you a perfect example of one story about how social media made things worse. So after my sophomore season, I really wanted to start committing to the idea that I wanted to play college football somewhere. I didn't know where, and I hadn't played varsity as a sophomore, but I just went in and on, I'm going to commit myself to this goal, and I needed to gain weight and get a heck of a lot stronger, And but I just continued to work, and on Friday nights, most kids would go to high school basketball games. But because I didn't really have anybody I really wanted to go hang out with at those basketball games, I would go in and work out in the gym. Uh, Traction AP, uh, the great guys in Fort Wayne, 
And those are the guys I've worked out with since I since I really wanted to start this path to trying to play college football. And I would remember going into those gyms, and I'll never forget those nights because they were it was eerily quiet. It was wintertime, and everyone wasn't in the gym that would usually be there during the week. There was only f- three, four guys, and it was always a rotating door of who was in there with me. Um, Joe Tittman was almost always in there with me. He's one of my best friends from Fort Wayne, and he plays football at Wisconsin. Um, but, yeah, I'd be in there, and it would just be a few guys. And I loved working out. I loved loved the feeling of knowing that what you're doing is going to eventually add into something bigger. And that's a huge reason why I love working out to this day and why it's such a big part of my life and why it's a big part of how I combat depression and anxiety. My grandpa, who I'll have on at some point, Vietnam veteran, worked his tail off his entire life to provide for his family, grew up in rural Mississippi, working on the farm for his family, very, very, very poor, Um, was a war hero, three Purple Hearts in Vietnam, Um, and he's owned different businesses and worked, worked with gas station, worked at a hardwood floor company, and something that he told me that sticks with me to this day is, when things start to get hard, just go back to work. No matter what, because at least you are progressing towards something, right? You're, you're trying to do something to better yourself and better your situation. Like an example he has is um, when I was a young, young kid, I was probably two or three, he was starting up a hardwood floors business and his trucks in Chicago got broken into and all this equipment that he had invested into it, stolen, gone. And my dad and my uncle at the time asked him, dad, what are you going to do? He said, I'm going to get my broom, I'm going to sweep up what I have left, work with what I got, and go back to work. And that's something that I've really tried to apply, and I, that started sophomore year, doing those workouts. But I would remember being in there and working out, and I'd go home, and I would be like, okay, I'm hanging out with my brothers, I'm at home, doing, doing whatever. I know kids are out doing things, and that's fine. But then getting on your phone and checking Snapchat, you're like, dang, all these kids are out doing stuff and having fun, and... And it's not even that I really liked them. It was more like those kids are in my grade. And at that age, and even now, I mean, I'm in college, you want to be social. You want to be around people that are your own age. And um, that was really hard. And I think that that's not something that was a problem 20, 25 years ago. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more as the show goes on. But before we get into social media, I want to talk about mindset a little bit. And mindset's going to be a huge focus because... Once you find ways to combat depression and anxiety, whatever works for you, for everybody it's different. It could be exercising, it could be putting on good music, it could be getting a really good meal and being around the people that you love. Maybe a little bit of everything, but all of those play a role in how I combat depression and anxiety. But while you're doing that, you're working towards crafting your own mindset, right? So thankfully, in 2021, January of 2021, I kind of reached an all-time low. It was really bad. I was really depressed, and I didn't want to. I didn't want to be doing anything anymore. I didn't want to be around anymore. And I was like, I can't do this, and it was terrible. But I started talking to a sports psychologist here at IU, Kelly. She's the best. And um, how she? I'm a visual guy. I'm a visual learner. How she painted a picture for me is, I think it's fantastic. So imagine in your brain, you have a flat piece of flat surface. Flat. I call. I think of it as the ground, right? And on this ground, you dig a pit, a circular pit. And at that point in my life, my pit was filled with debris, garbage, water. It wasn't organized. It was disgusting. And it was just a messy puddle of depression, right? So 
in that pit is where you create your mindset. And that's how depression and anxiety play such a big role into that. So in order to build that mindset in that pit, you have to start working through all of that stuff. And and it might be hard and it might be painful. And there'll be some days that you might feel worse afterwards, like initially, than you did when you went in. Because you're, you're bringing all this back up. You're bringing it to the present. And that can be really, really hard. But as Kelly would say, you have to feel to heal. And in order to do that, you got to get into all of that. So start cleaning out the pit, right? And then eventually you have your pit. And it's empty, but at least it's not dirty anymore. And from there, you can start to build your foundation for your mindset. And that's how I imagine this process for anybody out there who's struggling. That eighth grade version of myself, I would say, look, kid, we got to start digging out your pit because there's a lot of garbage in there. And unfortunately, it's probably going to keep growing. But if we can work on it now, you're going to be better off in the long run. And I think that's just a really important concept to have because now in my pit, right now, in February of 2022, I imagine a concrete cinder block hut. That's my, that's my fortress in my pit. And are you going to crack into my pit sometimes? Yeah, you might, you might get a little bit of it down, but you'll never tear the whole thing down. I promise you that it'll never be completely destroyed because it's rooted in values and in what I believe in and what I believe is good. And, and that's faith too. I'm, I'm Catholic and my mom and dad have, have always talked about faith being a huge part of combating anxiety and depression because you got to give it to God right? Sometimes these things that happen and these situations that we go through, they're completely out of our control. And while we want to to push through them and, and tough it out, that just might not be possible in that given moment. And in that moment, my dad would say, you got to give it to God. You got to just let it be. And you got my mom would say, you got to pray and you got to just hope and believe that whatever's happening is happening for a reason. And I'm a huge, huge believer in that. I don't believe that I would be the same person today had I not gone through all of those undesirable situations over the last few years. As far as moving and then the experiences I had after moving, I wouldn't be the same person. It made me into a man and it helped form my mindset about how I want to go about attacking life. Um, And I think that's really important. So I'm really excited to get talking about that. And for mindset today, let's talk about the lone wolf versus the killer instinct. The lone wolf is the mindset that you have when you're, when you're super depressed and you get to a point where you're like, okay, I'm going to block everything else out and I'm just going to press on and I'm going to go, so, it's, it's reckless. You're going so fast, you can't see anything around you, you're just going to get through it. And that is a ticking time bomb. It doesn't work. I've tried it. I promise. I've, tr- I've tried it multiple times in my life and unfortunately, it's just not the case because it's going to keep boiling up and eventually it's going to explode. Whether that comes in the form of serious panic attacks, a mental breakdown, it's going to happen and it's not good. And I promise no matter how big, strong, tough you think you are, you got to be able to find healthier ways to work through it and get it out in the open instead of letting it bubble up inside of you to the point where you can't control it anymore. And eventually when you have that lone wolf mindset, a few different things can happen. One, That idea of pushing through everything and blocking everything else out consumes you and you become vindictive. And that's the last thing you want to happen because you need those people around you, whoever your support base is, whether it's your parents, your grandparents, your aunts and uncles, your teachers, your coaches, whatever it is, you're going to, you're going to lose that. You're going to lose 
your stock and how much you care about them. And it doesn't work. Um, and so you start cutting people off and that, that's one thing that can happen. And another thing that can happen is you numb out. And that's kind of what I did last January, 2022. I, I started as the lone wolf and I was vindictive a little bit. And then it became, I can't do this anymore. Numb out, zone out, doesn't matter. And when you do that, all those things that used to bring you joy that you enjoyed doing and people you enjoy being around, it's not the same anymore because you're just drowning in depression and it and it'll consume you just similar to the way that the lone wolf will as far as being vindictive that it'll it all ends up consuming you no matter what and it ends in a mental breakdown or panic attacks or you feeling completely and utterly hopeless and that is what we want to avoid when we work through things together on the mental warrior podcast and if we can do that we find ways to to work through all of these problems before they get to that point we're going to be okay I promise we're going to be okay. Um, I dealt with with both of those ideas of the lone wolf and numbing out through this this constant struggle, really, of the last few years of of working through ways to to deal with depression and do it in a healthy way. And those aren't healthy ways of doing it. Um, my mindset for a long time was: as long as I can stay in school and play football and be doing that, I'll be okay. Depression and anxiety, I'll figure that out later. That doesn't work. Your mental health's got to be a number one priority for you. And if I could leave you with anything for today, I would say, let's start making your mental health your number one priority, our number one priority together, because no matter what, you are not alone. And with that, we're going to talk about social media a little bit to finish up today's episode. It's going to be a little bit shorter today because we're not doing interviews. Usually we'll have on guests, whether they're athletes here at IU or people that I think really value their mental health. But for today, we're just going to be doing a little bit of introduction. And with that, let's finish up with talking about social media and how dangerous it is. Social media is new to all of us in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, it's been around for 10, 12 years, whatever, whatever, whenever Facebook and MySpace became a big thing. But in the grand scheme of things, it's, it's new to all of us. And Whoever our trusted people in our lives are, whether it's our parents, our coaches, our grandparents, they didn't grow up with social media. So their experience level is pretty much the same as ours, right? And from that standpoint, it's such a hard and complex path to try and navigate. And that was something that really made my depression and anxiety worse at times, especially Snapchat. Because Snapchat was so like instant, right? You, you could be right there and you know what people are doing right away because it's on Snapchat. Um, and I'm not a huge fan of it personally. I, I think it can be really toxic at times because it's almost like oversharing. I mean, that's what a lot of social media is. If you if you really take a look at it, it's oversharing. But Snapchat's like, what are you doing right now? Okay, what are you doing in a half hour? Like you see it, it's literally time stamped and you see it. And I understand that that's a lot of social media, but if you understand and use Snapchat... You understand what I'm talking about. Like it's so constant and it's so casual. Whereas Instagram's like, oh, it's someone's birthday or this was a big event in my life. And Facebook's kind of the same way in that. But Snapchat and Twitter really, but Snapchat is so important to be educated about for people like in middle school and high school because it's right there. And I think it's going to be here for a little bit. I think it's not going away. But something I keep seeing that pops up on TikTok is something that I want to talk about today because it really scares me. And this is the message I want to leave you with for today. So on TikTok lately, you always see ads on TikTok for whatever it might be, whether it's toothpaste or restaurant, whatever it is. 
and I keep seeing these ads on there for an artificial intelligence friend. And basically what it is, from what I can see at least, is it's an app that is your friend. And that is so scary, in my opinion, because we need each other. We need face-to-face contact. We can't be making friends with computers. Computers are lifeless. How are we supposed to make... That's not genuine companionship. And looking at that, let's take a step back and look at what... what How did we get here? Like, we're at a point now where... TikTok is marketing computer friends, un, people that aren't real, people that are lifeless, that it's just a, it's an algorithm and it's going to be like, how was your day? And it's going to be like, my day was great. It's good to talk to you again. That is scary. But let's take a step back. How did we get here? How did we get to the point where people, especially young people, have to look for friends and things that aren't real, that are, that are math equations typed into a computer and I think it comes down to care, compassion, and empathy. We need to have more empathy for one another. We need to care about each other because no one should ever feel like they're alone to the point where they need to be friends with a computer. And I want to be very clear about something. This isn't me like saying no one should be friends with a computer. That's bad. They're they're bad people for that. No, this is on all of us, right? We need to come together and be more united in order to assure that things like that, it never gets to that. People never say, I am that alone, that I'm going to type in my name into a computer and say, this is my new friend. Kathy's my new friend. Online, I talk, talk to her every day after school. We should never let it get to that. If you see someone at school and they're sitting by their se- themselves, go talk to them. You never know what kind of difference that can make for somebody. Just as simple as sitting down for 20 minutes with them and eating lunch. It's, it's it's that's one of those things that in high school at least for me was super stressful you never know who you're going to sit with or what crowd you want to be with and go sit with that kid who's not sitting with anybody else you see someone down ask him how they're doing say is everything all right man are you doing okay just simple check-ins like that it shows you care and care for people around you and if we can get more people to care for others around us i think our future is going to be a lot brighter as a people and as a society so care, compassion, and empathy. We need those. And I'm so worried that social media is taking that away from us because the lack of genuine contact and social interaction, that's, what, that's what's being created in social media. And not all social media is bad. I think it, there's a lot of things that are great about it. I think it's fantastic that you can keep in touch with people that you don't see that often, right? You, you can keep up with them. You see family pictures. Oh, that's great, right? That's great. And another thing about social media the comparison. Theodore Roosevelt said, comparison is the thief of joy. And I think this is something that's, that thankfully is talked about a decent amount when it comes to social media. But there's no harm in talking about it a little bit more. You look at someone and you say, oh wow, they're on a beautiful beach in the Bahamas. I wish that was me. No. that They might be on a beautiful beach in the Bahamas, but for all you know, they are dying inside. And they are miserable. They could be so sad and that smile could be so fake. And I'm not saying that's the case with everybody, but the truth is you never know what's going on in someone's life and you sure as heck don't know how someone's doing based off an Instagram or Facebook post. That's not real. It's not real life. Yeah, it's good to keep up with people that way. It's good. You got to take your family to the Bahamas or Hawaii. Awesome. Happy for you. But just because they have something or are doing something that you can't or haven't doesn't make you any lesser. My roommate, Adam Myers, he's about as pure and genuine of a guy as you'll ever meet 
we joke around about it, but it's true. And it's such a good idea. And I was like, Big A, we call him Big A. Can we, can I use this on my podcast? Because I think it's something that people need to start thinking about. And I've decided to deem it the Adam Myers gratitude test. Things aren't going well. You had a rough day. For example, one of our other roommates came home the other day and had a terrible day. Test was hard. Just overall a bad day. And Big A goes, say five things you're grateful for right now. Of course, like, no, no, dude, just shut up, man. Let me alone. I had a rough day. I just want to go chill. Big A's like, no, seriously, just name five things you're grateful for. And it can be things as simple as, I got three meals in today. I had a roof over my head when I woke up this morning, and it's still going to be there when I go to bed tonight. I have a warm house to sleep in. Things like that. It's things that are so simple. My family cares about me, right? I have good friends. Just things like that. Because gratitude can shift perspective. And when we shift our perspective, we are able to prioritize care, compassion, and empathy. So let's focus on those for this week. So, so between now and next Monday when the next episode comes out, every day, go put yourself through the Adam Myers gratitude test. Five things. And try and do different things each day. Right? Because once we shift that perspective, it's going to allow us to come together and create progress towards combating this anxiety and depression that we all go through at different times while working towards creating our new mindset. This has been the first episode of the Mental Warrior Podcast. So happy you're here, and I'm excited that we can get to work. It's been presented by Summit Volleyball from Fort Wayne, Indiana. And always remember, you're never alone.